0: On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. with the territory, man, negative energy like my man what country are you from what? what what ain't no country I ever heard of they speak English and what what English mother do you speak it man you've been doing all this dope producing you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is
1: so what you want me to do
0: welcome to the Spurs cast the original San Antonio Spurs podcast Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 436 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I am your host, Ryan McCallum, and with me as always, and I, don't, I was going to say with me as always tonight, but I don't know if this is going up tonight or tomorrow or or two days from now, uh, but whenever this does go up, Jose Grijalva is going to be there chatting at you straight into your ear hole. Jose, hello, man. How's it going? Say hello to all your fans. They're here to see you.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm cranky today. I'm cutting... Uh, You know, AK, also known as dieting. I ate green beans with chili and uh, some beans and (laughs) – I'm craving pizza, Okay, I'm craving Circle K pizza. Uh, New Circle K opened up here. It's one of those fancy ones where like they have somebody make the food for you. You know, you order it on that little computer and, you know, in 10 minutes they make it for you. Uh, So I'm craving a pizza from there and the little sandwiches and I mean everything. Circle
0: K? Like the gas station Circle K? yeah. So, okay, so they have, like, a little screen where you, like, you can get a breakfast taco with some jalapeno. You can, like, customize the taco. Is that what you they,
1: said? It's, like, sandwiches, like, sub-sandwiches. They make pizzas, uh, hamburgers, and uh, breakfast burritos and burritos just in general.
0: Okay, so, so we, I
1: mean, you could customize it if you want.
0: We've got a place over here called Bucky's that does that, where it's these, like, mega gas stations. And you can go up—in Bucky's, you can get, like, anything you want. And probably behind Bucky's, you can get— even more of what you want. Um, But they have the same kind of thing where it's a little like touch screen and you can customize whatever food you want. I've never seen that before. Certainly not at a Circle K. My only memories of a Circle K was um, I grew up in Bay City, Texas and we drive into Houston, which is like the big city, right? That was the closest to us. And we have to pass through this town called Rosenberg. And there was a Circle K in Rosenberg that had an arm wrestling video game and me and my bro- it had like an arm sticking out of the arcade game, and you had to arm wrestle that thing. And me and my brother would just dominate that game. Uh, it, and you know, since then I've just become really weak. But back in my heyday, I used to kill it at the Circle K in Rosenberg. Good story, right?
1: Bucky's. Remind- I just had this, you know, imagery in my mind where I'm just picturing this big old guy missing a bunch of teeth, you know, having a grill in front of him, just. You, you know, ordering stuff, and I don't know. Well,
0: it's kind of this, it is kind of like that. It's Bucky's, though. He's a, it's a, I think Bucky is the name of the beaver. Like, it's a mascot as a beaver. And uh, they've got anything. Like, do you literally, you, you never heard of Bucky's? I mean, because it's, when I say these mega gas stations, there's like 200 gas pumps at this place. It's like a little shopping mall or like, like what happened to Garden Ridge Pottery? They probably made them all into Bucky's.
1: The only like Texas. A uh, gas station I know would be Valero just because of the Spurs. So
0: And the Selena Cups. No, that was Stripes. Yeah. That you got your Selena Cups. So how did you do that? You ordered Selena cup. So so for listeners, I know this isn't good – this isn't a good podcast uh, system, so you can't see what we're talking about. But um, Stripes had limited edition Selena Cups for – I'm I'm sure it's for Fiesta Flor, and, and it's like the 20-year anniversary, right? I mean it's coming up on it. Is it not already the 20 – I don't remember when the anniversary was, but I mean it's been a long time. And uh, they came out with limited edition cups. And then Jose hits me up on text and says, hey, can you get me two of these cups from Stripes? And I say, no, we don't have Stripes this far north. But uh, did you order them? Did you like go to Stripes.com and order Selena cups to get mailed to you in Arizona?
1: No, I got it it from eBay.
0: Oh, See, man, that's just like South Texas. They buy up that stuff and then put it on eBay. Everybody's trying to make a buck. I guess so. So <laughs> now,
1: so, but now I can enjoy my frosty cold beverages, that's like it? ginger ale.
0: Yeah, because it's no uh, no beer for you because you're uh, you said you're cutting. So I saw in your text or on your uh, was it Facebook? I'm connected to you in so many ways now. On your Twitter, right? You're, you're leg pressing a thousand pounds now, or getting close? No.
1: Nine hundred. My my yeah. max is a thousand. So and and I haven't done that. And it's extremely hard when you don't have any energy. So I mean, I was doing that. Then I went to do chest, and then I was just I I was dead. And I still had an hour to go. So, so yeah. but you know, I came. I I've, of course I had to do this, right? Legal obligations. I think I, I think it's under contract to do this, so I couldn't back out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no backing out because we have a bit of news to talk about today. Um, you know, of course. Between the last podcast and um, you know, well, in this one, uh, we had a pretty big event where Kawhi Leonard came back, scored his 30 points, which is just amazing. But come back, Spurs win, uh, not surprising, and uh, you know they beat Atlanta and they move a half a game ahead of Golden State in the West and take over the number one overall seed. So you know, Kawhi had the concussion protocol. That could have been a variety of things. It could have been, you know, he said he just wasn't feeling right, so maybe they put him through that protocol. I don't think there was an actual impact or, or something that they can tie it back to and say this is how you got a concussion. So it could have masked just a, a general need for rest, which I totally get. I mean, Kawhi's playing a ridiculous amount of minutes, um, and uh, and maybe the most he's played for for San Antonio in his career, and maybe just need a little bit of a break. But he he comes back, uh, you know, thirty points, does his thing. Um, but then they lose LaMarcus Aldridge uh, similarly, right? So for the Golden State game, you know, no LaMarcus Aldridge, no Kawhi. Uh, and LaMarcus had stayed out for a few games in a row. And it was indefinite when he was going to come back because he had um, a heart arrhythmia, right, is what they called it.
1: Yeah, uh, irregular heartbeats.
0: Irregular heartbeat, and um, so sometimes his heart was racing or, or whatever. So uh, probably, you know, we had the incomparable Ben Bornstein on the show last time, and he broke it all down like the the WebMD, you know, uh, physician that he is.
1: Don't <laughs> he, go to WebMD. He was totally
0: because I mean, to, uh,
1: don't go to WebMD to find these th- these things out because I mean, it goes from little from nothing. Like it could be cured for with uh, some, you know, medicine. Too, you're probably gonna die of cancer. So you never go to WebMD for these things, even for a cough.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure that the Spurs training staff did not go to WebMD, uh, WebMD, and they uh, they did a thorough evaluation. And you know, just like, and we talked about this on the last podcast, that you know, this is not the first time that Lamarcus has had some kind of issue with an irregular heartbeat. And in his rookie year, he sat out about the last week and a half with this issue or an issue that, that was similar to this. He sat about the last week and a half, uh, but that was good to go. And then um, he sat out again, I think it was in 2011. So you know, he's had several of these you know episodes throughout his career. And it's been about a week and a half or a week in each one of these episodes that he's had to, to take a pause. And LaMarcus is back. So he's available uh, for the game this evening. And uh and again it's been about a week. So he's gonna play tonight, potentially. I don't know what if Pop's actually gonna play him, but he is available against the Portland Trail Blazers. We'll see how many minutes he gets uh in that game if if Pop chooses to play him at all. But now the Spurs are theoretically back at full strength. So I wanna ask you first, I mean, are, do you think that there's there's anything about Portland that gives San Antonio any problems? And, and in that, if if you feel like San Antonio is going to dominate Portland, if you do, do you think that Popovich should just go ahead and sit with Marcus Aldridge for a little bit more time?
1: No. No. Uh he needs conditioning and he he's looked a little bit bigger than i, I remember him in portland so uh, i i think you just go with it when if he can go he just goes get that conditioning back i mean i don't think they had him do any type of cardio i mean if the heart's racing i think they wanted him to sort of you know sit out and and not really do much so uh i i would put him out there you don't really need to if you dominate then at least he could play you know at least five ten minutes I make it sound like they're just going to come out and score 50, like in the first minute, right? But, uh, you know, if they can dominate and he can play a little bit of minutes, that's fine, but I, I would still play him. And plus, the fans bought tickets. You don't want to pull a Golden State, right?
0: Or San Antonio the past 20-some-odd you know, years, right?
1: Uh, the Heat don't matter. Heat fans don't matter through four years ago, right? It was like four years ago?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I hear that argument, and I don't, I don't want to digress off off the Lamarcus topic, but... I hear that argument we talked about it a little bit during the last podcast, but you know I think that any NBA team should have the permission to rest their guys whenever they want to rest their guys. What happened in the last game is something that I completely disagree with because I think that Golden State missed out on a golden opportunity where you know you have to announce your injuries. Uh, in advance, right? So it's no secret what your lineup is going to be. It's similar to the NFL, right, where you announce your injuries. And the Spurs that announced that, okay, Kawhi's not playing, LaMarcus is not playing. So if you're Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, you take a look at that and you see how tight it is in the West, I, I think they missed out on an opportunity to kind of double up their lead on San Antonio. And just, they don't even have to play everybody. They could have just played... You know, uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond, or you know Steph and Draymond, or, or some combination there, and they would have won that game, uh, no doubt in, in my mind. Because any of those players are going to score thirty. You know, maybe get Draymond with twenty points, and either Clay or Steph get get a clean thirty. And so now you, you've introduced an additional fifty points onto a team that struggled to score because they had that guy McCaw who took over Kevin Durant's minutes, who did nothing. He almost set a a, a record for you know most shot attempts without a bucket from the field. It was pretty ridiculous. So I think that Golden State had the opportunity to take advantage of the situation they didn't.
1: I thought you were going to say he broke a record for being most useless on the team or something like that. Uh, Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, we could just make a whole episode about this. Who cares? Who cares? They were Golden State fans, right?
0: Well, I mean, Golden State. There's a
1: separate podcast for that, bro.
0: (laughs) Well, Golden State should care because, you know, let me tell you that that, uh, they were back at full strength and they needed everything... Well, I mean, aside from not having Kevin Durant, it, and we could go on for you know days on, on the problems that that's caused with Kevin Durant being out, but it took everything they had to beat the 76ers without him right? And so, I mean, Golden State did not look good uh, against Philadelphia. And so I, I don't... It's tough to read into one of 82 games, right? And, and, and I'm talking about the Philadelphia game with Golden State. But it just seems like if they had... I don't. I mean, it just seems like they're not as dominant without Kevin Durant. and I think statistics would show that, but just the feel of that team, it feels like they're seriously losing something. Like they're they're needing great performances. Like Draymond Green had a great game uh, against Philadelphia, and they needed that to beat Philadelphia. Whereas, like Draymond, I've always looked at Draymond Green and say, okay, that's a that's a nice uh, guy to have on on the team. That's that you know, it's an interesting you know. Personality and, and he could do a lot of different things on the court uh, a good guy to have on your squad, but they needed Draymond Green to beat the freaking 76ers you know what does that say about the condition of golden State? you know and, and I say that when they beat Gold, uh, when they beat the 76ers they they then moved a half a game ahead of San Antonio in the west and they reclaimed the number one overall seed. Great. Question, I agree. Well, question mark.
1: <laughs> so I, I mean, agree. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it. That's it's, what you say. So I could say it too.
0: Yeah. So you need you need to disagree with me from time to time. I mean, you're you're so in sync with me.
1: I try to, but then you agree with me again. So well, it's a never-ending cycle.
0: Well, let's talk about the the playoff seeding because, and and we won't do the East because that's really not that interesting. There, that you know, uh, I think we we know well, unless unless you have a different perspective but i think we both agree that cleveland is probably coming out of the east um agree to disagree i mean they're not well as far i think the raptors of, right yeah you did at the beginning of the season but that's a team that's that's fading fast
1: they should have kept scola
0: <laughs> yeah. there you go uh but out west by moving a half a game up golden state reclaims the overall number one seed and when i look at um San Antonio and, you know, their positioning about, you know, trying to reclaim that number one seed, I started to raise a question. You know, does San Antonio need to get the number one seed? Do they want the number one seed? Just sort of knowing how the rest of the seeding is going to shake out. And I pose that because, you know, the matchups today are Golden State at the number one seed. They'd play Denver if the playoffs started today. Uh, They play Denver in the first round. San Antonio would play Memphis in that first round. Uh, Houston with the number three seed would play Oklahoma City, and then the Jazz at four would play the Clippers at five. And generally speaking, that's going to be the way that it shakes out. There's quite a bit of distance between um, the three and four seed between Houston and Utah, and there's a bit of distance there between L.A., I mean a few games between L.A. and Oklahoma City. So generally the bottom half of the bracket is going to shake out that way. If I look at San Antonio and what their first-round matchup is against Memphis, I think that, I mean, that certainly favors San Antonio, but you think that they're going to cruise against Memphis, or, or what?
1: I, I think so. I mean, they, they won't have Chandler Parsons. He has um, something right wrong with them. What, what is it, his knee?
0: I, he, yeah, he has I like he's, a season uh, ending. I think he's just, uh, I was going to say a wussy, but with a P. I think that's the problem.
1: I, I bet he can outbench you, though. Come on, man. You got to respect the guy. He's a millionaire. He's well, a one yeah. percent.
0: I respect. Yeah, he's a he's a one percenter. Uh, yeah, I respect the million dollars. But uh, you're always injured, right? And this is a guy who's got a Chandler Parsons t-shirt in his closet, right? It's in his repertoire. <laughs> but I, I look at, at Chandler Parsons and just think, this guy, he could have been so much more than, uh, than than what he's delivered. I don't think that's an unpopular theory about Chandler Parsons. And so, I mean, I don't I don't think he really matters if he was on the team or not. I, I think that San Antonio cruises in that first round. I mean, they maybe lose the a game because Memphis historically has been a challenge. And I think you said in the last podcast, it's not the same Memphis team. But, you know, it's not the same San Antonio team. So they, they've given challenges in the past. And, and I, I reference this. In the past, San Antonio has dominated Memphis because they've used the likes of Matt Bonner um, you know, God rest his still living soul, uh, because they stretched the floor, uh, with Matt Bonner. They kind of have that same, uh, makeup today, depending on if they have David Lee in the game or not. So I, I, or even Powell. So I feel like they, they cruise past Memphis.
1: I'll disagree with you. I think it was more Thiago Splitter, uh, his effectiveness on the, uh, on defense and, uh, rebounding and he, he was a tenacious soft guy so I think they I think he was the reason why well, I don't think it was Matt Bonner I mean Zebo could have easily demolished him same with Mark Gasol but yeah you know the, the fact they're gonna miss Parsons it's not that same team they're not coached the same way as they used to be when they were really a tough nosed team uh, I think they'll be scrappy I think Vince Carter will have some shots in him uh, but uh, you know other than that it that yeah th- th- they should be cruising by them
0: well it, they have three more games uh, against Memphis, San Antonio does this year. Uh, they're, they're, the Grizzlies have have already beaten San Antonio once in February. February sixth, they beat San Antonio by a pretty big margin, eighty nine to seventy four. And we, I think we agree that's not a typical San Antonio Spurs game. But you know, they play on the eighteenth of this month. They play on the twenty third of this month, and then they play again on April fourth. Uh, the last two games being in San Antonio. Uh, so we'll see how the season series shakes out, but. We think that San Antonio passes passes Memphis. And if you're the second seed and you beat Memphis, what's waiting on you is one of two options. You're either playing Oklahoma City, who's the sixth seed, 38-29 of the year. Or, uh, which is worse for San Antonio, you have to roll in and play Houston. It's 46-21, the number three overall seed. Um, you know, Again, they, they only have 15 games remaining. They've already played a bunch of games. Uh, so Houston is going to have a little bit of a rest, and I, in my estimation, I mean, Houston wins that series, and they they might sweep them just because Houston's so much more deep, and with Lou Williams, they're deeper than they than they even were before. I just don't think that Oklahoma City matches up. Uh, Russell Westbrook's going to do great. Houston will put Patrick Beverly on him to to new. I mean, I say neutralize, like keep him to like twenty five or thirty points, um, but. Houston's going to beat Oklahoma City in that round. So that's what you look at from, um, you know, if you're the two seed, you've got to go play Memphis, easy series, easy, you know, easy-ish. But then you got to roll in and play Houston, presumably, in that second round. What kind of problems do you think that Houston would pose for San Antonio in that second round?
1: Uh, James Harden. All right. That that's that's really about it. I know they'll stretch the floor. I know you're you're gaga over them. You you love Lou Williams. You love that three point shooting. But again, you know the Spurs have that shooting. I think they'll stretch out the floor with their two bigs, uh, Aldridge and Gasol. Uh, But the the inside game is what's going to really hurt the Rockets. I don't think it's. I I think it's going to be really a replay of uh, the Suns and the Spurs in two thousand five. Uh, you know, and Dan Tony was coaching that team, but you know the the Spurs. I mean, they're so versatile offensively. Yeah, Kawhi. You know, Kawhi is is carrying the burden right now. But when you have such a big mismatch, like how they're gonna have against the Rockets in their favor, uh, I think that's gonna make everything go well in sync. It, the defense might, you know, uh, if Harden gets bless you.
0: No, it's, I'm falling down. My chair is falling apart. It's been falling apart for weeks. I got these chairs from IKEA, and they're kind of like uh, bar stools. Well, they are bar stools. They're not like bar stools. And they've got these screws in all over the place. And I'm looking down below me and I see like four of these screws laying on the ground. They just periodically start falling out. There's going to be a show where I sit in this chair and the whole chair just disintegrates underneath me and you make fun of me for being fat.
1: Probably. Uh, But yeah, my chair broke too. It's my um, Money in the Bank 2002 uh, chair oh, you, you know bought the, one the, of those? the floor seats yeah the floor seats get get the uh get the chair so and mine broke to today talking
0: stick walking casino resort talking stick hotel. resort arena okay gotcha
1: but yeah well i forgot what we were talking about oh but but the spurs Houston. the spurs are gonna um uh they'll have you know the mismatch in their favor uh defensively they'll always have somebody in the paint unless james harding gets you know Ten, uh, You know, if he shoots 20 free throws, then, yeah. you know, I, I think the Spurs will be in trouble. But if they can just have them, have him beat them, really, I mean, play that pick and roll and let him get tired and then attack him on the other side of the floor, I don't think they'll have a problem.
0: Well, see, I look at I, – I almost have the exact opposite opinion of this, of this series from you, which is, makes good podcasting, right? But I think that the, the Spurs, again, can neutralize James Harden. Ish, right, I mean, you put Danny Green on him, or you put Kawhi on him. I'm not really sure what Popovich wants to do. He probably put Danny Green on him so that Kawhi could stay a little bit fresher on the offensive end. Um, and, and you know, you hold James Harden at like 30 points or 30 something points. The difference, I think, is actually the front court play because you know this, the the uh, Rockets have both Nene and Clint Capella, both of which are way more athletic than. Powell and um, and Lamarcus. I think the best option for San, San Antonio would be uh, to have Deadman. I mean, I know Deadman's starting right now, but have Deadman play significant mi- uh, minutes, and then potentially some David Lee because Clint Capella is ridiculously athletic, and Nene, despite being you know two hundred years old, uh, is still more athletic than, than a Powell Gasol. Now the Spurs are more skilled at and the front court position. Their they're, are front court positions. No doubt about it, um, but the front court is what sort of scares me about um, uh, about the Houston Rockets versus San Antonio.
1: I can't believe I just heard you try to try to convince everybody that Nene or who did you say Nene is that who they
0: yeah, have Nene, Nene and they have is more
1: well. athletic than uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. No, I'll, I'll give them Capella, but other than that, no. And, and I mean, he's more he's one dimensional. More
0: athletic. I uh, mean I don't know man let's put him through the combine uh I I think he is for sure I think there's no question about that
1: oh I can question it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm right but I'll question it
0: so there is a I'm question. fighting
1: for what is right okay
0: <laughs> right right no I, if you want to be
1: the heel if you want to be the heel in this you know I'll be the babyface.
0: I don't because people already the, the listeners of the show already think that I hate San Antonio so I don't want to I don't want to dig into that too much. but
1: The things you told me off off my of recording.
0: <laughs> I was recording the whole time. Maybe we'll release some of that. But you know, the point being that, that San Antonio, if you're the second seed in the West, uh, because there's such a distance between two and three, that it's either Golden State or San Antonio going to be one or two. Houston is going to be three. It's not necessarily a lock right now because uh, they could get the second seed, but there's such a big distance. I mean, there's, there's six games in the win column uh, between two and three. There's seven games in the loss column between two and three. That's a lot uh, when you only have 15 games left in the year, right? Uh, to make up. So it looks like it's going to be Golden State or San Antonio at one and two, and then Houston at three. Um, you,
1: well, it, it, it depends, though. I mean, if, if Golden State loses four, what did they lose four in a row? If they go through that again and Houston just plays like mad, they, they play like madmen. Uh, I think you, I mean, three games back, I still think, you know, because it's going to leave a lot of questions for Kerr. Do you play all, you know, your main guys that you try to rest early on, especially against San Antonio? Do you play them that whole stretch and, you know, give them these boatload of minutes to try to, you know, clinch the first or second seat? I mean, it's it's going to be trouble, but I think they can get into that trouble because like how you mentioned, there's really, there's really something missing, and I think that's Bogut because I think they can play the same way if they had Bogut, if they had Barbosa. They don't really have a bench. If you notice, they're really and I I'm, might be blasphemous in this depending on who you ask they're really the 2004 Lakers they have four guys that can play really well but outside of that you know you have Slava Medvedenko and all these other guys that you really don't know McCaw, Uh other than you know so I mean they're really relying on those guys so you're you're seeing uh, uh, them exposed as far as you know their depth
0: now are you looking on a roster how did you come up with Slava Medvedenko
1: that's the only one I remember from that. Uh, well, Derek Fisher was on there, right? So. Uh,
0: yeah, of course, of course. Well, um, so what I'm what I'm suggesting, my hypothesis here is that San Antonio really needs that first seed, and it's great that they're playing it the way that they are. They need Golden State to go on a bit of a losing streak ahead of Kevin Durant coming back, because you know I think when Kevin Durant comes back, they're going to be fine uh in you know in the playoffs I mean he's going to come back and maybe have a couple games left in the season or like I said in the last podcast even if they get to the first round they could win their first round matchup without Kevin Durant uh if they're playing Denver like they are slated to now or if they were playing Memphis um as the as the you know 2 versus 7 they could win that round without um Kevin Durant playing so they'll get up to full strength my challenge is that second round um I just, I just don't want San Antonio to play Houston, and I, I really think that um, Golden State does not want to play Houston either with the scoring opportunities that, and, and, really scoring and assisting that that uh, James Harden can do. I mean, James, Harden, remember James Harden has totally retooled his game, and he's leading the league uh, in assists per game. He's got eleven point two assists per game. Uh, there's not a Golden State Warrior in the top five uh, in the in that category. Um, at points per game, you know he's at 29.1. There's not a Golden State Warrior in that in that category. So James Harden is going to give Golden State fits. Uh, I feel like Houston, or I'm sorry, San Antonio is in a better position to neutralize James Harden, but they still don't want to even get in that matchup. The easier road to the Western Conference Finals, which it kind of goes without saying, but it's out of that one seed just because of the way that the rest of the playoffs is going to match up. So I think Houston... Or San. Antonio, why do I keep saying Houston? San Antonio really needs to get that number one seed, uh, and Golden State really needs to get that one seed. You know, if if you fall short, I think that's your first loss in the playoffs.
1: I'll disagree with you to an extent, and you know why. You always say Houston. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's that Chandler Parsons shirt that you have in it's your my closet. Houston tattoo. But, you know, I think it's equally important to mention that if San Antonio, okay, they, if they get that one seed, let's say they beat uh, the Nuggets or whoever, you know, uh, bumps up or bumps down to that uh, to that seeding, then the next round it's going to be either Utah or the Clippers, how they are right now. The Clippers are going are to be a nightmare matchup for the Spurs. They always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't know why. Uh, I think Pop still plays them the same way. I think that's the problem. I don't think he really changes his defense uh, against them. I think he should, you know so oh, that's another that's another podcast that's another episode in its entirety but you know if uh I'll, but uh in the I think it was the game before uh that they played it was the uh the the jazz against the clippers and the jazz really gave them fits they defeated the clippers uh, I think so, right? But, you know, I, I just heard that there was trash talk and all that. So, I mean, if Utah can get over the Clippers and in, in San Antonio and Utah, I think that's an extremely better matchup for San Antonio. And it would be the easier path to the finals. The only uh, uh, really big matchup would be the Western Conference Finals. And against the East, I think the Spurs would have the easy edge.
0: You're talking if it ended up being Spurs-Utah?
1: Yeah, I think they they, they would handle Utah. Very I, well. I
0: agree with you. I, they're there's so much uh more skilled than, than Utah. Uh even though it's the return of Morris Diao, right? Uh they're still more skilled than Utah. And you even think of the front court play. Rudy Gobert is amazing, uh, amazing player. Um but he's not as I mean as skilled as Powell. He's not as seasoned as Powell. I mean I just I look at it and say, you know, it's it's like a, <laughs> Again, draw back a back at Houston reference. It's, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon putting some moves on, on Patrick Ewing, right? It's, it's like the better athlete is just getting or, – or, or even Hakeem Shaq. Like, you know, Shaq was – this is probably a better reference. Shaq was so dominant from an athletic position, um, you know, at that time. And, you know, Hakeem – and I'm talking about in the finals there. Hakeem just made him look like he was a JV player because of his skill. And I think that's what you get, um, you know, in San Antonio. And, and either of their big men. Are so much better skilled and more seasoned than than what you have with Utah at all positions. Frankly, that uh, that I think that's a pretty easy series win for San Antonio. Just like you,
1: I was waiting for that whole Elijah David Robinson type of uh, example. Since you're on this uh, Houston role, I thought you were going to bring that up.
0: I'm just about throwbacks in general. I mean, today I don't know what it is. Today I'm I'm feeling nostalgic. Just feeling very nostalgic.
1: Um, I'm always nostalgic. So, well, no, no. You know what? Not really. I don't remember anything before I started working out. So that loser I was in high school, <laughs> I don't even remember. You, that you just guy.
0: totally shut that guy out of your mind.
1: Yeah. That guy that used to hang out by the trash can with three of his friends. Nope. Can't remember
0: that guy. Wow. Okay. So uh, a peek behind the curtain into Mr. Grijalva's life prior to this prior to this podcast and prior to uh, leg pressing a 1,000 pounds. That's
1: where I get my motivation.
0: Well – We could go a little bit around the NBA, but we might save that for Friday because we got big announcements on Friday, and and I think we're going to do another pod. Uh, But for four thirty-six, I mean, let's look briefly at at this. I mean, we got uh, no big stories, but you got Kevin Love coming back, and I think that's that's probably the biggest of all the stories, you know, that are circling around the NBA. Kevin Love Love comes back. Um, Certainly, that completes the Cavaliers roster. They've been on a bit of a slide. Uh, without them, of course, winning their last game. But, you know, they're 44-22 and overall. Uh, They're sort of the best of the East. But, you know, Boston's now right on their heels. Kevin Love coming back now, uh, and and that's, you know, in the next 7-10 days. They've got 16 games remaining. That's enough time for Kevin Love to get back in the mix and get back in the rotation and and start feeling good again, right, before the playoffs?
1: Oh, I think so, just because he's – I mean, in that system, he's not the guy – uh, that he used to be as far as running the offense around him. He's really a spot up shooter, post up sometimes depending on the matchup and rebound. You know, uh, you don't really need to get into a group for that. He's the more expensive Channing Fry, I think, with more skill. Wow. So yeah, it's enough to get him back.
0: You know, I saw this other stat uh, this morning. You know, when I was on the stairmaster, when you were doing a thousand pound, you know, leg presses, I was there just on the stairmaster, just jamming, and uh, and I look at. Sports Center, and I see that LeBron posted his 10th triple-double of the season, and that's a career high. Doesn't that seem really low? I mean, I know he—I mean, it, the, the benefit of—and this is also why I don't think LeBron James, although he's always in the MVP mix, he can't be the MVP this year because he's his value of his game is that he does everything, right? Assists, rebounds, makes some shots, plays decent defense, uh, sort of all-around facilitator, just makes things move. The dude has 10 triple-doubles this year, and that's his, his career high. That pales in a comparison to what Russell Westbrook's done, right? I mean, clearly it does. But doesn't it seem like 10 triple-doubles in a year is really low for the future Hall of Famer there, LeBron James? Oh,
1: I, I think it's low considering who he has around him. You know, uh, a lot of the flack that Westbrook gets is because, you know, they, they don't have anybody to rebound and dish out assists, so he has to do it, plus he has to score. I mean, with LeBron, he should be getting these triple-doubles easily with that crew, uh, but he just doesn't push himself to do it. So, the, you know, I think he has the talent, and I think he has the skill to be the MVP every year, mm-hmm. but as far as only h- him only having 10 with that lineup, uh, I mean, championship lineup, uh, I think he should have more, so I, I'm all for him not being the MVP.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so either, just because if the value in his candidacy for the MVP is is his statistics, right, in these triple-doubles and that, you can't com- – I mean, there's not even a comparison. I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook's tripled him up uh, in that category, right? He's got 30-plus, so I think 33 uh, triple-doubles for the most of all time. So if it's just stats on stats, it's no question LeBron James can't be your MVP.
1: But the guy with no triple-doubles this season – Uh, Kawhi Leonard should be the MVP so yeah
0: yeah, I mean for me it's between and we'll probably do a breakdown of this but for me there's no no question about it I know people are talking Russell Westbrook or James Harden you know for me it's still it's still James Harden just because of the way he's changed his game you know Kawhi might be defensive player of the year most improved player uh, and he's In my mind, a very close second for MVP. There's no talk about Russell Westbrook in my household anymore. There's no talk about James Harden. It's it's either, or I'm sorry, or LeBron James. It's either James Harden or Kawhi Leonard for me. That's it. End of story.
1: It's either the Spur or the Rocket. What a surprise, sir.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I mean it's just those two are are doing something special uh, this year. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is having his best year ever. I mean, one of the most complete seasons. Of spur, I, I'd love to see if there's some kind of evaluation criteria. You know me, I'm, I'm big into the numbers, right? But if there's some type of evaluation criteria that could be done at the end of the year to assess, is this the best year a Spur has ever had? And you know, there's some ridiculous year. I, I tweeted out a couple of things about Tim Duncan, and, and it's particularly Tim Duncan in the finals. The statistics, I think, was the best finals anybody has ever had. I can't remember what year it was, but it's the best finals that anybody has ever had. In the NBA Finals ever, you know, it was these, these numbers were ridiculous. I mean, he had like five blocks a game average in the Finals. Um, and, and, you know, he's had some ridiculous regular seasons in terms of, of statistics. And he's the only other guy that I can think of in that in the, those terms. This may be the best year a Spurs has ever had, most complete year that a Spur has ever had in Kawhi Leonard's season. So I'd love to see if there's some type of comparative metric that could put those two against each other this year.
1: Uh, you're talking about that O three 3 season, right? The O three, 3 uh, and I mean, for, for them to win the NBA championship, I think Kawhi has to play like Duncan at that point, because remember Duncan had, I mean, he had a really, I don't want to say immature, but a really young cast. Ginobili was in, uh, that was his rookie season. That was Parker's second season. Uh, as far as paint, uh, helping the paint, he had the likes of Kevin Willis, Malik Rose, guys who weren't really that efficient, you know, all around. Uh, so Steven Jackson, uh, with, with his great performance against the Mavs, but other than that, I mean, he really didn't have somebody that's consistent, and that's what we might be seeing this season if the Spurs reach the NBA Finals and win a championship. I think he'll have to play the same way.
0: Well, I would agree, and even, and, and I'm also including if I, it seems like I'm throwing a lot of shade at LaMarcus Aldridge, and maybe I am, but if he gets, to – he's 17 and seven this year, um, and you know when we talked about LaMarcus Aldridge as far as a free agent a- acquisition. Um, you know, I, I guess we thought our our sights were were higher than that because we we're like, oh, he's like a Tim Duncan and he can just fit right in, and you know, he kind of does the same thing that Tim Duncan does, and except on the defensive end, we weren't so sure. So Lamarcus Aldridge is 17 and 7, and he's kind of always been that way. I mean, he's like a 19 and 8, you know, overall, and you know, it's not much different than the performance that he's putting in this year. His career averages aren't that different, but if he's at that level, I mean, that's I mean, that's special, right? I mean, that's great. But that's not, or that, I mean, that's good. But that's not great. 17 and 7 is not fan I mean, there's a lot of guys giving you 17 and 7, right? I
1: think you mean that he has to, you know, if he get. I think what you mean is if he gets those 17 and 7, it has to be in a way where he's, uh, Getting the attention of the defense, right? Like, he can't be 17 and 7 off of what Kawhi is doing. He has to get that 17 and 7, yeah. you know, and and contribute like a number one option. I, that, that's right. what you're saying, right? It's,
0: it's got to be his. And yeah, exactly. He's got to get. If he's going to do 17 and 7, or, or like around there, I mean, I'd love to see him score north of 20, of course. But I mean, even if he dipped down and went like 15 and 7, 15 and 8, or if he focused more on the defensive end, it could do 15 and 10. But it was a complete fifteen and ten where you're really just dropping it, again. It's like four, down you know, if they ran four down plays, and you know, it was his offensive possession. and He could get those fifteen off of like you know, ten shots or something. I mean that th- that would be great. That would be that would be great basketball for for a guy like uh, Marcus Aldridge. But I don't want to see hey. like I don't want to see like tip ins and stuff. You know, I don't want to see that. Uh, that's not impressive. But that's how we're scoring now.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and at the same time, uh, there's really not that ball movement to get. Uh, you know, to to get him the ball, he he's not really comfortable backing guys down. He always goes to the middle. You know, ins- instead of trying to do a little quick spin move to the uh to the baseline and for you know for an open layup or a dunk. So uh, I I don't think really the offense is there. I think Ka- Kawhi's great offense is hindering him is hindering Pop from really trying to meet them both halfway. I mean, if you remember with Phil, Kobe, and Shaq, I mean, that triangle offense, if Shaq didn't have the shot in that same scheme Kobe try to get a shot and vice versa. In this scheme, it's not the same. You know, Kawhi's up at the top of the key. He's going to try to create his own shot. If he doesn't have that shot, then they can't really go to LaMarcus right away. They have to really switch everything up, you know, move guys around. And I, I think that's hindering him. So, uh, But, yeah, you know, as long as he's a little bit more aggressive from and, and tries to think outside the box from the offense, uh, I think they'll be okay. But, yeah, I agree. He needs to have that 17-7 and seven from him making those shots instead of playing around other guys.
0: There you go. Well, the good news is he's back healthy, and he could start molding himself into that that guy that we need him to be. Uh, starting today, if if uh, if he needed to, and he's going to do it against his old team, if Pop makes him available. So uh, tonight, which would be Wednesday night, I'm not sure when this goes up, but uh, Wednesday night, Spurs Blazers. You got any predictions for the game score wise?
1: Uh, as in final score, yeah. Spurs Blazers. Um, one ten to eighty Spurs.
0: I was gonna say something like that like one 110 114 to 90 something so uh, all right man well good deal and and NCAA tournament starts tomorrow I know the Spurs cast brackets are all in ready locked and loaded so we'll see uh, we'll see the winner of that thing but that's it man that's uh that's it for this episode 436 of the Spurs cast. Um, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for another another episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the TheSpursCast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Go over to ProjectSpurs.com. Jose, thank you, man, and uh, you listeners, you're welcome.